Welcome to the Naked Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, nutritionist, Michaela Shifley, the founder of KJ Wellness. On this podcast, we'll talk about all things nutrition and wellness. We'll cut through the bullshit information out there, debunk health myths, interview health experts, and give you actionable steps to help you become the best version of yourself. So go grab yourself a nice hot cup of coffee and strap in to hear the cold hard truths about health. Welcome back to the Naked Wellness Podcast. Today I have a very special guest with me. I have Haley. So welcome, Haley. To start off with, did you want to just give us like a little bit of information and insight into who you are, you know, what you do, what your qualifications are, all of that? Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so my name's Haley. I live in Grafton, New South Wales, which is a very small town on the north coast. Um, I've lived here my entire life. I'm 31 years old and I actually work in real estate marketing. Um, But my qualifications, I guess, that led me to being here today is I'm a qualified health and nutrition coach, um, but I don't actually practice using that. Mm -hmm. I just sort of got the qualification for my own personal use. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And I love it because on your social media, like you advocate for such a healthy, balanced lifestyle, which I love. But I think also the fact that you have a full-time job and it's not necessarily in the health industry, it's really relatable to a lot of people, which is one thing that I I find so inspiring about you because everyone's like, oh yeah, like I also have a full-time job. It's not being a nutritionist or being a health coach. So I can actually relate to you, which is really, really great. So I guess like, did you want to give us a little bit of insight into your own like health journey and what sparked your passion for all things health and fitness, if it was anything in particular? Yeah, of course. And it's been such a long journey too. Mm. I feel like the first thing or the first time that I started out anything to do with health and fitness was eight years ago now. So it's like been a long process. Mm. Um, But eight years ago, when I first started off, it was very much the time of the only reason why anyone goes to the gym is to lose a heap of weight. Like everyone's just trying to be the smallest version of themselves. And so, excuse me, um, I signed up for a challenge, maybe like an eight week challenge or something like that. I don't even really remember it that long ago, but it was very like low calories, what we know now to not be healthy Mm -hmm. at all. But at the time there was no information about that. There was no one promoting the fact that it's better for you to eat more and you should just train to love your body and all the rest of it it was very much like do this challenge get as small as you can and it Mm. was not healthy at all Um, but during that time is when I'd first signed up to a gym so it really sparked my love for fitness and moving my body so without the diet I found a love for training which I continued on throughout the eight years like I've never ever stopped Mm. training Mm -hmm. or loving training throughout that entire time Um, But it's definitely been more the nutrition and diet cycle that's changed so much for me over that time, Um, going from like a really unhealthy relationship to food to now finding what really works for me and just eating to fuel my body and to be kind to my body, I guess. Yeah, incredible. And I guess like when you think back to before you started on that weight loss journey, essentially, like would you say your relationship with food was okay before you started on the journey? Yeah, I honestly would never have even given a second thought to what I was Mm. eating. Like it's probably 
like even to this day, I still mm. will think about what I'm eating. I'll still look at foods and think about if it's good for me or bad for me. And I hate the words good and bad when it comes yeah. to talking about food, but I still look at them and think, is that nutritious? Is that going to serve me? Whereas before I started this journey, I would have just picked up something and eaten it without giving it a thought. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And I yeah. think it's, it's crazy because going on a journey like that, you know, before you started, you're okay with food, you know, just eat whatever you want. You go on this journey and it impacts, like has such a large impact on your relationship with food, which is really, really eye-opening to a lot of people, I think, because yeah. these weight loss challenges or diets or whatever it is, like they're still around, they're still out there. Yeah. And it's still like, it's like this shiny object that, that pops up for people. And it's like, oh, like I can lose this amount in this time if I go on this new diet or join this challenge yeah. at the gym that they're running. And I think it, it is still such a large focus for a lot of people. I know like there is a large shift as well and moving away from that solely, yeah. but I think it's really, really important to highlight how damaging it can actually be if you go about it in the wrong way, you know, like eating too absolutely, calories, all of that. Yeah, And it's very long-term damage as well. Mm. Like it's great to be educated around nutrition. Don't get me wrong. Mm. Like it's so mm. great to know what you're eating and what you're fueling your body with. But there's the way that it can go as well where you then know too much, you're thinking about it too much, and yeah. it's really hard to unlearn some of those habits that you learn when doing one of those challenges. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and knowledge is power, yeah, but exactly what you said. Like, and especially like if you take calorie counting for an example, like as soon as you know how many calories are in things, like it can be beneficial, but if you've tracked for yeah. years upon years – unlearning that can be so challenging because you'd still be able to look at your plate and roughly calculate everything in your head. So it would take so many steps for you to actually let go of that completely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. So you work full time. You're also a health coach, obviously run your Instagram. Tell me like, how do you fit it all in? How do you balance everything (laughs) with your busy schedule? Honestly, I feel like I have two full-time jobs sometimes with Instagram <laughs> and my job, but I would not change it for the world. Nothing mm. makes me happier than knowing that I'm able to inspire and help others. Um, with the Instagram platform, when I first started my page, I genuinely set myself a goal. I still have it written in my phone, like a little list of things I wanted to achieve with that page. And I had written down, if I can help one person, I'll be happy. And I wanted mm. to reach 500 followers. That was oh like my two. Gosh. I know, right? How sweet. Love it. <laughs> yeah, and so if, if like once a week I get a message from someone saying, thanks for sharing this recipe. I've been eating this for breakfast mm-hmm. every day. I really love it. Or when you shared that about how you were feeling that day, that really helped me. I could relate. Just one message like that once a week, once a month, like I feel so fulfilled that I can do that. So mm. I think even though I go to work all day and then I come home and I'm kind of in some sense working again when doing content or replying to messages on Instagram, that part is so fulfilling to me that it does not feel like work. So I guess it's hard to say that I have a balance because I'm constantly on Instagram. Like that is always Mm. happening for me, but it's worth it to me. Like I love doing that and I love helping people. So I would not change that. Yeah, I that's so inspiring. And I think it really shows when you're in it for the right reasons, I guess, as well. You know, you're doing it to help other people, which is amazing. And like you said, that reward of somebody messaging you and being like, yeah, this really actually helped me. Or thanks for sharing. Like, that's so empowering for yourself as well. So you obviously do live like quite a healthy and very balanced lifestyle as well. 
with being so busy, like, are there any tips that you use to be able to actually maintain that balance within your lifestyle, having such a busy schedule? I would say it's just really important to find what you love. And I know that's Mm. easier said than done because it can take trying a lot of different things and sometimes feeling like you failed at something before you find what is right for you. But like I love to wake up, I wake up like quarter past five in the morning and then get ready and go to the gym. And that's what works for me. And that's what I love. The gym is what I love. Other people Mm -hmm. might not, might not like working out in the gym. They might like swimming Mm. or running or whatever it is, but it's all about finding what works for you because then you're genuinely motivated to get up and do that. Like if I didn't like the gym, I probably wouldn't get up and do that every morning. I'd only do it when I maybe had the odd bit of Mm. motivation to do it. Like, but if it's something that you really enjoy, you'll always feel inspired to get up and get going and actually go through with what's important to you. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I guess it's also about breaking that mental stigma of this is what you have to do. Like you have to do this in this specific way, which is the world that we live in. It's like, Oh, you know, you know, your, your strength training, that's wrong. You should be doing Pilates. Or if you're doing Pilates, like, no, that's wrong. You should be running. Like in the world that we live in, it's almost like you can never be doing anything right anyway. So I guess it is, it's about breaking that stigma and and removing those voices and being like, okay, well, what do I actually love and what do I enjoy? And being able to find that and then stick to it without letting anybody's judgment or opinions control or take over that. Yeah, that's so true. And if you think about what everyone else is doing, if you were to literally try and do every single thing that everyone does and thinks is right, no one has enough time in their day to do every activity that every person thinks is right. So it really is just important to find (laughs) that one thing that works for you and Mm. do that and not worry about anyone else. Yeah, definitely. And so when, if we go back to your journey and going through that, and obviously, you know, you went through that journey, weight loss came quite, I guess, like maybe rigid or strict with food choices, which might've led to that unhealthy relationship with food to then unlearn that, like that is then its own journey in itself almost. And I know that this is such a big thing. And especially at the moment is young women that have been through this diet culture, they've restricted themselves. And now they've actually come to the realization that, hey, like life isn't fun when I cut out social events, when I don't allow myself to eat chocolate, but then overeat on it the next time I I do have it. I guess like, what is your experience with actually unlearning those diet culture rules, if we call them that, and then creating that really balanced lifestyle and allowing yourself to have a bit of everything? I want to start this answer off by saying that this is a never ending journey. Mm. And there's definitely times when I find myself slipping back into old habits or old mindsets that Mm -hmm. are not healthy. So I think if you have been on that restrictive diet or tracking or anything like that, and you're trying to get out of it, please don't be hard on yourself if you feel like you're doing really well and then you find yourself slipping back because like Mm. you said, it's so hard to unlearn those things and it's just a, it is a constant journey. And Mm -hmm. I think I honestly don't know a time in my life now where I will be completely rid of that because I think now that I know these things about food and I like, I'm grateful to be educated around nutrition, but I do just think it's a never ending journey, but I would say the biggest thing for me. So I was tracking my calories and macros for around three years and I was Mm -hmm. really strict with it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't want to put any hate on people that do Mm. count their calories or macros because it's a great tool and definitely educational and not everyone falls into the negative mindset with it and is really restrictive with it so I no hate towards it or anyone that does it but for me it became very restrictive I Mm -hmm. I have a very all or nothing attitude so I was like all in and very a hundred percent 
So when it got to a point where I was not enjoying it anymore, where I felt like I was missing out, I knew it wasn't right for me anymore. I made a comment to my husband one night that I couldn't wait until we could eat normal things for dinner. Mm. Um, and then he was like, well, you know, you can just eat whatever you want. Like what's, what's not normal is you even thinking that we can't eat something mm. normal for dinner. Mm-hmm. So I think it was getting him involved and him saying, making a few comments to make me realize that the way I was living wasn't normal mm. for me to be like, okay, this isn't working for me anymore. I started off deleting tracking apps from my phone so that I wasn't tracking at all, but that didn't work for me because I'm a control freak and I need to know what was going on. <laughs> so I started trying, trying out, I'd eat for the day. And then at the end of the day, I'd input everything just so that I could learn mm myself so it'd get to the end of the day and I'd input what I'd eaten and I'd realize I've done this for so long now my body knows what it needs I know what I you know the right amount of food for my body so I did that and then I would go to tracking it every second day every third day and then it got to a point where I was feeling really good about it and I just deleted that again completely and then for so long I went on really well like that but then I think I felt like I'd put a little bit too much trust in myself that I could do it. And I fell back into tracking again, only for a short time. And because I hadn't been tracking, I realized Mm -hmm. how much of my time it was then taking (sighs) up. This is Mm -hmm. something that people don't think about as well, because tracking your calories and macros is kind of like playing Tetris with your food. It takes a lot of time changing around the weight of how much of something you're going to eat and not of another thing. So I was finding like a friend would call me while I'm inputting in what I'm going to eat for the next day and I wouldn't answer their call. And it's like, I've missed out on a conversation now with a friend because I cared more about what I'm going to eat tomorrow. And then Mm -hmm. that was another thing for me where I was just like, no, you can't do this anymore. So I put the trust back in myself. And ever since then, I've really just been eating intuitively and it will be, I don't do it now, but I would on the odd occasion, like once a month put in random things that I'd been eating here and there just to see what that looks like for a day to see am I eating enough am I eating too mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. and then I I think I just eventually got to a place where I felt safe and I was like I know what I'm doing I don't need an app or a calculator or something to tell me what's right or wrong or what I should I sh- should or shouldn't eat if I want something just eat it like and if you don't restrict yourself from eating something you don't feel like you're missing out. Like if I want chocolate mm. now after we talk, I'm going to go and have a piece. But if I tell myself I can't have chocolate, when I finally cave, I'm going to eat the whole block. Mm-hmm. So like if you just don't, yeah, if you don't restrict yourself from what you want and you just have a bit now, you're, you're just going to have a bit. You're not going to feel like you need to eat the entire thing. Yeah, because as soon as you're right, as soon as you say no, it's like now this food is up on this pedestal and that food now yeah. actually has control over you rather than you being in control over the food. And as humans, yeah. like we like to feel like we're in control, of course. And yeah. I guess like it is quite empowering when you get to that point where you're like, oh, okay, like I can have a row of chocolate and be satisfied. And if I want more chocolate, like then I can have another few pieces and I still won't yeah. go ahead and eat the whole entire block. Like it really is like sometimes taking that step back and be like what rules have I almost created for myself in this sense of doing it so true yeah and I think it's so important what you said I loved what you said about you know I think sometimes a lot of people get this idea that if they fall back into a habit they failed why can't they be where this person is or or this person seemed to do that journey so easily like why can't I be like them and it's 
it's those unhelpful thoughts, they come in and they flow in so easily because as humans, we are our own biggest critics and it can be really hard to untrain the mind from thinking in that way. So I think, you know, it's so incredible that you opened up about that and you also said it because I think as well, some people can feel almost a little bit like self-conscious about owning up to that, but it's natural. It's only human. Like life is always going to throw us curveballs. We're always going to face a challenge. And instead of it being like, okay, I've failed, like I'm a failure and, you know, you stay down. It's about how do you get back up and how do you push forwards, which I think you did so well. Of you know? course. I think as well, falling back into old habits, it's mm-hmm. not about failing. And I think falling mm-hmm. into that failure mindset is what actually does set you up for failure. But if mm. you fall back into an old habit, it's just about recognizing what brought yeah. you back there and what you're going to do moving forward that's actually going to work for you. Because like I said, when I first deleted the tracking apps completely, that didn't work for me. And so I fell mm-hmm. back into tracking full time. And then it was more about just figuring out, okay, well, what if I just track every second day and then not at mm. all eventually? But it's just, it's not about failing. It's about realizing, okay, that didn't work. And I fell back to my old habits. So what can I change and do differently now to be able to move forward? Yeah, incredible baby steps almost, isn't it? It's like stripping yeah, it right yeah. back, little by yeah, little. Exactly right. And I guess that kind of goes for any goal that you set yourself. Like if it's too big and it's too overwhelming, it's so much more likely that, you know, you might not achieve it because you might fall short of it and then get really, really down on yourself and be so harsh about it. Whereas if you break it right down into just like chunk size pieces where you can see that you're slowly succeeding, you just keep chipping away and then you get to a point where you look back and you're like, oh my goodness, like, I'm so close to achieving it or I have achieved it. Like that is so much more rewarding as well when you can see the little wins along the way. Of course. And I also, another thing that I love and I think is so important on a health journey is adding in new things instead of taking them away. Because Mm. if you feel like you're missing out on something, it never feels good. So if you're Mm -hmm. starting on a health journey or you're on a health journey, thinking about what you can add in, like adding in an extra liter of water, adding in an extra walk, adding an extra serve of vegetables to your day, the more you add, the less time you have for the things that weren't serving you. So if you just keep adding and adding good habits to your lifestyle, there's not so much room for the things that aren't helping you at all. Mm, Yeah, I love that. Because as humans, we don't really process negatives very well. Like if I was to tell you right now, like, don't think of a purple spotted elephant, you're probably thinking of a purple spotted (laughs) elephant. Like, so as soon as you say don't have this, it's all you can think about. You're like, oh, but that I said I can't have that chocolate bar, but I know that it's sitting in this exact spot in the fridge and it's calling my name. So you're exactly right. When you flip it around, it's like, no, nah, actually, like, let's add in. Um, it's a much more, like, helpful mindset to have towards the journey. And I guess as well, like, when you think about it and breaking it down and removing, if you do slip into those habits, I guess it's also removing any labels that you put on yourself as well, which we can do as humans so easily. It's like, oh, but I'm this, so it makes sense why I failed as well. And that mindset shift is one that I guess can be the most challenging on these journeys because the mind is so powerful and it takes a long time to put in the reps to form a new habit and almost unlearn a different habit. And I know like it, on your socials, you do talk a lot about like that self-love, filling your own cup up, like staying in your own lane as well. And one area that I love that you talk about is not comparing yourself to other people's journeys, which I think is so powerful because we do, we live in a world where it's so accessible to be able to do that because everybody is on social media. So how do you kind of go about that? How did you kind of adjust and change your own mindset on your journey to stay in your own lane and not compare? Yeah, of course. And like you said, it is so hard with social media Mm. being at our fingertips these days. 
not to compare. And sometimes you're subconsciously doing it without even realizing until afterwards when you feel not great about yourself and then you realize what you've done. Um, for me, it was a matter of unfolding a lot of people that weren't making me feel good about myself. Um, yeah. And I used to follow like a lot of people who were dieting or sharing hacks and tips and tricks on how to lose weight or how to cut calories in meals. I had to unfollow all of those pages because they just weren't serving me. Um, and then following more people who promote or believe the same sort of things that I do about self-love and not needing to diet and working out because you love your body and you want to do good for yourself. Um, so it was just recognizing that what I was seeing on social media mm. wasn't good for me and wasn't serving me. Um, mm -hmm. It's great to have people who are inspiring to you and motivating to you, but it's also really important to recognize when the people who are inspiring you are not really the healthiest. Yeah, yeah. And I guess as well, because I know, like I've had a lot of women have come to me and we've gone through that unfollow people on social media. I think actually then taking that step to do that can be quite challenging for a lot of people because it's comfortable for them to see these people pop up on their feed. And like you said, they're inspiring to them. So is there any tips that you have if somebody is, they know that they should be doing it, but they can't quite take that step to do it. Like, do you have any tips for those people? I think it's important depending on what it is that helps you when you're going mm. through something like that. But things that are really big for me is I found a big love for journaling when I was going mm -hmm. through the worst of my journey, because I could go pen to paper, write down why I wasn't feeling good about myself, yeah. remind myself that I'm more than my body. Mm. I'm not those people. Even if I did lose X amount of kilos, I'm still not going to look like that because I'm not them. I'm my own person. And it'd be weird if I did look like them. And so just <laughs> pen to paper for me is really important because when yeah. you get the thoughts out of your mind and onto paper and you can see them, your mm -hmm. problems and troubles don't seem so crazy anymore. And it's really easy to break them down and recognize what it is that's triggering you. Yes. Oh my goodness. I love that. Cause you're right. If, and I guess it's the same, putting your thoughts onto paper would be the same as if your friend came up to you and said exactly what you're thinking, but they were saying it as them. Like you probably would look at them and be like, oh my goodness, like that's such a silly thing to say. Like, you know, you're beautiful the way you are. Like you wouldn't ever put them down. But when it comes to ourselves, like we so easily do put ourselves down and getting those thoughts out. I love what you said about that. And I, I also just had a, um, a thought around like the social media as well. I'm pretty sure in, on Instagram now you can actually mute people. So I guess like that's another step if you are wanting to unfollow someone, but you can't quite take that step yet, just muting them to start with so they don't show up at the front of your feed all the time. Um, and then really working towards, you know, getting those thoughts down and, and also recognizing what are your values? Like, what do you value in life? Because what your biggest values are is who you show up as. And every time I ask somebody this question, I have never once, someone has never once said to me, like, well, I value being like the skinniest person in the room. Or if you were to ask somebody, like, what do you want to be remembered as? When you're 80 years old and you're looking back on your life, what do you want people to remember you as? Nobody has ever said, I want to be remembered for the skinniest version of myself. Like, it's just not a value that any of us have. So I guess it's also taking that time to reflect on that and remove any of that stigma that you feel like you have to show up as that or be that. Um, and your actions definitely represent, you know, what your where your values might lie as well, which could be a good reflection. 
And I guess like more on the journaling side, because I know a lot of women, like it's something that they want to get into, but they don't really know like where to start. I guess with journaling, it can be a little bit confronting sometimes, or they get the pen and paper out. It's like, what do I even write onto the piece of paper? Um, do you have any helpful tips for that? Or how did you start your own journaling journey? Yeah. So when I first started out with journaling, I was exactly like, I was exactly the same as that, not knowing where to start. I just bought the cheapest notebook I can find that was like $2 at Woolworths, mm. I think. <laughs> and then I was like, is this supposed to be like a dear diary situation? Yeah. Like I wasn't really sure. Um, but I just started off every morning. I would write down three things I was grateful for, three things that mm. I was working towards. And oh, there was something else as well. Three things that had happened the day before that made me happy. Oh, I love so it was that. just like three, three and three, super easy dot points. And it didn't have to be complicated and it, not, it can't be right or wrong. No one's coming to read your journal. Mm. It's just for you. So even if you write something down that sounds so lame, no one is ever going to see it. Like this is just for you to get thoughts out of your mind and onto paper. But I really found that starting my day with writing down three things I was grateful for above everything else that I was writing on that page, it set my day up in a positive mindset like how can you start your day on a bad note feeling down about yourself when you've written down three things you're grateful for and I'm not mm. saying that you can't have anything going on in your life that's getting you down or making you upset but if you're writing oh. down three things that are you are grateful for it's just a really great place to start your day yeah definitely just helps flip that mindset around as well and yeah. I guess, like, do you find that that helps with, I know self-love, like it is a word that can be thrown around a little bit, but I do think it's actually, it holds so much importance as well. Because in today's world, like a lot of the time you put down for loving yourself, it's like, oh, you know, she's like so obsessed with herself or something like that when, you know, it's not necessarily the case. If you do love yourself, like you should, because at the end of the day, like this is it, you've only got one life, you're living it, you've got the one body to live in, like you have to respect and love it. Do you find that journaling helps with that or how have you gone on, on a journey of self-love throughout like your health journey as well? Yeah, so definitely journaling was a big thing for me when I was gaining weight because like I said, I dieted for so long and I was always trying to be the smallest version of myself. So when I was trying to transition my mindset into like gaining weight's not a bad thing, my body is getting back to a place where it's safe and feels comfortable Um and for me as well, I had lost my period along my journey. So that's, mm. a, that's a sure sign that your body mm -hmm. is not healthy. So it was like getting my body back to a place where it feels safe enough to start my cycle again. And mm -hmm. just, yeah, just being healthy isn't actually about how you look. It's about how mm. you feel, how your body is reacting, the signs that it's giving you. So just writing all of that down as a constant reminder to myself, that was really helpful. Mm, yeah, I, I love that. I think that is a really, really powerful message to put out there as well, because you're right, like you are worth so much more than what your body looks like. Like you're worthy of so much more as well. And what you said about, you know, losing your period as well. I recently shared that on my um, socials as well, like my own journey with mm -hmm. losing my period. And I got quite a lot of messages from women, you know, reach out and be like, is it a bad thing to not have a period? Like, you know, I have lost it from like overtraining or over exercising. And I don't think that there is enough, I guess, nobody's speaking out enough. Like there's not enough voices about it or, you know, there's not enough research as well, because 
I know like, and I know personally from my journey as well, like you go to the doctor and the doctor's like, oh, it's fine. You know, you don't have to bleed or just go back on the pill. Like it's such band-aid approaches to it. And we never actually yeah. take the step back to address, well, what are our lifestyle choices? Like, mm-hmm. what are we doing day in, day out that are actually impacting this? And I guess, you know, having your period is like your monthly report card. It tells you yeah. how's your body functioning. And was that like a sign that you knew that you had to kind of rein it back in and kind of take a different approach on your health journey? Or was there other signs that really stuck out to you as well? Uh, That was something for me to cut back on training. Definitely. Mm. It did turn out that it was not my training and diet. That was why I had not, Mm. did not have my period for so long. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's like a whole other story that we could get into that will take hours. Um, (laughs) But it was definitely when I thought that that's what it was it was a trigger for me to be like you need to cut back on your exercise you need to eat more mm-hmm. and it all just fed into actually helping me get to a really healthy place within my body and my mindset because I thought I was working towards getting my period back and like you mm-hmm. said so many women don't actually realize that it's not important to have your period because going to the doctor they don't really explain to you the benefits of having your period and even things like your bone health and everything that mm-hmm. comes along with your monthly cycle, yeah. like all of these yeah. things matter so much. And if you just take the pill and it is such a band-aid approach, you don't actually know what your monthly cycle is, yeah. what problems might be there until it could potentially be too late. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And it is yeah. it's so easy to get caught up in, oh, but you know, I, I, let's say you want to have children, but it's not for like another 10 plus years. You're kind of like, oh, well, what's the point of having it now? Like, I don't have to worry about that for 10 years. And you're exactly right. Like, there's so many underlying other complications that can come with not having a period other than just fertility, for an example. So, yeah, yeah 100%. Very, very important. Now, one thing I do love to do with all of my guests is give, like, just three quick-fire questions. You just give, like, a short sentence or two um, with your answers. So, are you ready? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What is one thing that you must do every morning to set your day up? I would say movement of some kind. Exercise. Love it. What is one thing everyone can do in their day to improve their life? I think giving yourself 10 minutes for yourself because I think that applies to anyone, even if you're a mum, when you first put your baby down to nap, like everyone can have 10 minutes. So giving yourself that 10 minutes to do whatever it is that's going to make you feel better. Definitely. 10 minutes a day just for you. Yeah, definitely. Achievable, 10 minutes. And I guess like it can, it's achievable because it's short amount of time, but long enough to make a very large impact on the day as well. Yeah, you can do anything with that time. You can quickly clean up a space. You can journal. You can go for a walk around the block, like if it's a small block, but 10 minutes. Like it's all you need really just to do one little thing for yourself. Love it. And everyone obviously is so incredibly different. Lifestyles, you know, everything like that. So you make it just work for you, which is great. What is your favourite quote and why? I think it is nothing that is meant for you will ever pass you by because I feel like people can get so hung up on something that they missed out on or they didn't quite achieve. But I truly believe that if something is meant for you, it will come back to you or you will reach it or achieve it so I think that is my favorite quote for sure oh my gosh I love that that is so incredibly inspiring because you're right like yeah everyone has control over you know where where they want their life to go 
I guess. Mm-hmm. And and if you really want to achieve something, like you can actually go out there and achieve it. Like you are capable of so much more. Love that little reminder. Yeah, and it might take some time too. So even if you fail, just remember that if that is meant for you, you will get there eventually. Mm, love it. So there is like a little bit of a deeper question that I do love to ask mm-hmm. my podcast guests as well, is that in the distant future, when you're looking back on your life, what do you think will be your biggest achievement or one thing that you will be most proud of? This could be, you know, something that you've already done or it might be something that you're hoping to do in the future as well. I would honestly say my Instagram profile, my community that I have on there and just being able to connect with people, it has become so much more than I ever could have imagined. The people that I connect with on there and chat with every single day, I am so grateful for. And I just can't believe that that has happened. I don't even know how to put it into words. It's just something that I'm so proud of every single day. And I don't know, you touched on it earlier. It's kind of weird to have self-love, like people will Mm -hmm. criticize you for it, but I'm genuinely so proud of myself for what I've created there. So yeah, I think it's definitely that for sure. Yeah, you're changing so many lives. And I guess it's, well, A, like allowing people to realize that maybe their relationship with food isn't as healthy, or maybe they are stuck in this like vortex of diet to diet or overtraining or whatever it is. And you're bringing light to that. And then you're actually guiding them in, into a way and being like, hey, you can actually, you know, you can have it all. You can have both. You can live a healthy lifestyle, but you can also like enjoy social events, treat yourself, all of that. And it's such a powerful message that you're giving out. And like I said, like you're changing so many lives, which is just such an incredible thing to do. Thank you. Amazing. So I guess like tell the audience, it's been amazing having you on here, but tell them, is there anything exciting coming up that you're doing? Um, Where can they find you? What's Instagram? All of that. Okay. So, well, my Instagram is Hayley J Connor. You can find me there literally every single day. Um, But coming up, I don't know. I feel like I've taken a bit of a new direction with my content Mm. and stuff on my Mm -hmm. Instagram lately where I've not been putting so much pressure on myself to show up in a certain way and I'm just having fun with it. So I think, I don't know what's next because we'll have to see what happens. Have to see. I love that. (laughs) Everyone will have to tune in and just watch. Yeah. It's so good. But I think that's, you know, when you show up as yourself, like authentic, real, that's what people can relate to. And that's what people like get inspired by as well. So, so incredibly powerful that you do that. And I know there'll be so many women who will get so much out of our chat today. You know, maybe it's a realization that they do want to actually start a journey in healing their relationship with food and themselves. You know, maybe you've you've given some amazing tips on, you know, if someone is for example, like in that tracking and they, they were wanting to stop um, if they feel like it's not serving them. Like you said, like for some people it will work, which is also okay. You know, you've given some great tips on how they can kind of go about that as well, which is incredible. So I know a lot of women will absolutely love today's um, episode, which is really, so thank you, Hayley, so much for joining us. Thank you for having me on. Wow, another amazing episode. I would love to hear what you actually thought about this episode. So just head over to my Instagram at KJ Wellness and tell me what is one thing that you learned from today's episode. It would also mean so much to me if you could please leave this podcast a review, but I will speak with you all very soon in the next episode. Enjoy the rest of the day or the night wherever you are.